What's up, everybody, and welcome back to All Things Creepy. I'm your host, Micah James, and this week we are talking about all 31 movies that I watched during the month of October. This is something that I typically try to do every single year, but because I'm talking about 31 different films, I am going to do my best to keep this as spoil-free as possible, and on top of that, I will try to also keep it short and sweet enough to the point where we're not here for like three or four hours. Most of these movies that I watched, I either haven't seen at all and it's the first year that I've seen them or it's been so many years since I've seen these movies that it almost feels like I'm watching it for the first time again. Although there are definitely some where I do kind of feel like I have to watch them every single year or else or else it doesn't really feel like it's truly Halloween. So Now, with all that rambling being said and done, like I said, we have 31 movies to cover, so let's dive in. Starting off strong on October 1st, I kicked the season off with Scream. This is such a slashic. If you're a fan of the slasher subgenre of horror, this is an absolute must-watch if you haven't seen it yet. That being said, Like I said, it is a slasher flick, so there will be blood, so just be wary of that if it's something that you are sensitive to. In case you need me to sweeten the pot just a little more for you to watch this movie if you haven't already, Matthew Lillard is in it, so if that doesn't sweeten the pot for you, I don't know what will. On October 2nd, I ended up watching Hell House LLC. This one has been on my radar for a little bit. And I'm a little bit upset that it took me this long to finally watch it. This is a found footage movie. And I know found footage films tend to be hit or miss. But don't let that turn you away from it. I just feel like a very good found footage movie is hard to find. And this one was a really good find. I really don't want to spoil anything for you. So I don't want to say too much more. But definitely go watch it. On October 3rd, I kind of did a double feature and watched the live action Scooby-Doo and Scooby-Doo 2. Yeah, this box set isn't technically horror, but they fight ghosts and monsters, so I'm counting it. There's not a whole lot that I can say about these besides go and watch them. Both of them, I think they're just... If you're a fan of Scooby-Doo and you haven't seen the live action ones from the early 2000s, you really are missing out. On October 4th, I watched Hell House LLC 2, The Abaddon Hotel. It's not as great as the original. However, I do feel like it's the better, it's one of the better sequels that I have seen in recent years. It provides you with enough answers for the questions from the previous movie without being super overbearing with everything. It's definitely a really good sequel in my opinion. October 5th was a siren song. This is roughly 25 minutes and it's a fan film for Resident Evil. However, don't let the fact that it's a fan-made film stop you from watching it. You can really tell that they put a lot of 
time, effort, and care into it. And just for that, it's a worth. It's definitely worth a watch if you're a fan of Resident Evil. You could even argue that it's a hell of a lot better than most Resident Evil films, despite not having that same Hollywood budget. The only bad thing I noticed was the fact that the audio was slightly too quiet, but it's honestly nothing that captions won't be able to fix. It really is honestly one of the better Resident Evil films that I watched in a while. October 6th, I watched Hell House LLC 3 Lake of Fire. Until this year, I hadn't watched any of the Hell House movies, so when I eventually found out that there were three in total up until this point, I decided to watch all three, and I kind of have to say I was a little underwhelmed with this one. Of the trilogy, I feel like this one, this is the one that people could potentially just skip entirely. Not to say that it was bad, but when you look at the other two, it almost feels like it doesn't belong. Almost like you could take that story, give it another name, and it could be its own standalone story. And it also just didn't feel like it added anything from the o- the overall storyline. So if you do decide to watch these movies, don't feel like you have to watch this one. As a side note, I know that a fourth one was just released, at least from recording this episode. So I might watch that one and kind of give you an overall review of all four of them. Although if I do do that, that will not be spoiler free. So if y'all are interested in something like that, hell, I might even just do it on my own. I will do it. October 7th was Werewolf of Fever Swamp. It's honestly been years since I've seen or read this one and I really wasn't disappointed. It's a Goosebumps classic. So of course there's going to be some of that Goosebumps cheese to it. But I really think that's what makes it great. In fact, I think I feel confident in recommending any of the Goosebumps specials. You know what? Maybe scratch that just the entirety of the series, both the books and the TV show and specials. I'll even recommend the uh, new series that was released this year with Justin Long. That one was also pretty good too. So just really anything Goosebumps related. October 8th was Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. This movie holds a special place in my heart for two reasons. The first being that these were the first horror books I remember adding to my book collection, and I cannot stress enough how much I love them to the point where I am now on my third new book of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark because I just remembered reading these books so much. The other is the fact that I ended up watching this in theaters maybe a month before we went into lockdown and by extension, the last one I had seen in theaters for about two to three years. I had to say that if you are or were a fan of the series as a child, you should watch the movie and to top it all off, the monsters from the stories that they used are true to the drawings from the book. October 9th, I watched The Poughkeepsie Tapes. This is another kind of found footage film. It's kind of mixed found footage with fictional documentary, and it's about this serial killer. I will warn you that this is one of the scariest movies that I have personally seen. It is disturbing as it could really happen in real life, and it will potentially give you nightmares. 
if you do choose to watch this, I highly recommend you watch it with others. It's definitely one of those movies where it's, you might like it to the extent of like, oh, it's like very well done, but then you might not want to watch it again just because of how disturbing it could be, but I still recommend watching it. October 10th, I watched Scary Godmother. Alright, so for this one, it's a kid's movie, but it's a classic Halloween movie nonetheless. For me, it definitely has that nostalgia factor to it. So if you didn't grow up during this time of Cartoon Network, I don't know how much you'll like it. But it's definitely good if you need a break from actual scary movies and or if you have kids of your own. October 11th, I ended up watching The Wolfman from 1941. I will say it's hard to deny that this movie is a classic. Much like many horror movies from the earlier period of filmmaking, it did pave the way for other werewolf movies. That being said, there were definitely things in The Wolfman that aged super poorly. So if you do decide to watch it, just be wary of that. October 12th, I watched Train to Busan. It has been a few years since I've seen this movie, but I just really wanted to revisit it. It's a zombie movie, but it's 100% a modern classic. Even if you're not the biggest fan of zombie flicks, this movie is well worth the watch. I, When I tell you that you won't be disappointed, well, I promise you, you won't be disappointed. It's... It's definitely a different take on zombie movies, and it, it's just really good. I, I Just please do yourself the favor and watch it if you haven't already. On October 13th, that fell on a Friday, so of course I had to watch a Friday the 13th movie. And this time around, I watched Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. Usually when a franchise goes on for a while, it's a hit or miss with every single one past the first one to three of them. Besides part 8, I haven't seen any past part 2, so I can't say if they're all misses, but like I said, this one really is. Besides the fact that they didn't get to Manhattan until the last 40 minutes of the movie, I literally cannot tell you a whole lot about it. On October 14th and 15th, I'll just combine both of these, I watched All Hallows Eve and Terrifier. All Hallows Eve is where Art the Clown got his start. It wasn't the creepiest movie I've seen, but for being kind of like a gore flick, it was actually pretty spooky, and I, it was definitely very well done. Terrifier is the one that I feel like made, the, made Art the Clown well-known. While I did enjoy it to an extent, it also kind of felt like it was gory for gore's sake so if you're you are sensitive to gore tread lightly but if you still want to see something with art the clown i would definitely recommend starting with all hallows eve on october 16th i went to the theaters and saw the exorcist believer this is absolutely not the worst exorcist sequel i've personally seen in fact i would even argue it could be the best of the sequels However, don't misunderstand me. It will never beat the original. It's just solely not the worst of the sequels. There were definitely a few parts that got me, but 
I just feel like it could have been even just two minutes shorter. October 17th, I watched As Above, So Below. This is yet another one I wanted to revisit, mostly because it did scare me the first time I saw it. That being said, it's not as scary the second time around. Even as I say that, it doesn't mean that this film is bad by any means. But to get the most enjoyment out of it, once is good enough. Or at the very, very least, let more than two years go by between each watch. October 18th, I watched Renfield. I can even admit that it's not necessarily the best Dracula story ever. However, it's still great nonetheless. It's one of those, it's yet another one of those movies that if you're not in the mood for scary, but you want something in the spooky realm, this is a great choice. October 19th, I watched Autopsy of Jane Doe. The thing I loved about this film is the whole uncertainty of it all. You get the feeling that Jane Doe is alive, but there's just not enough there to say otherwise. It's unsettling, but in the best way possible because you're not entirely sure what's going to happen next. It really keeps you on the edge of your seat. October 20th, I watched Monster House. Of course, I had to watch this movie during the month of Halloween. It's a kid's movie, but even then, it's still kind of scary. It's It for sure sets the mood for this season. Again, it's another one that I can confidently say that it's a classic. October 21st, I watched The Boogeyman. I will say that this is probably one of the scariest Stephen King adaptations I've ever seen. Something about a monster living in your closet and possibly under your bed just terrifies me. And even the ending sent shivers down my spine. I... It's definitely something else, and I I really, really cannot recommend it enough if you're looking for something that will actually scare you. October 22nd, I watched Shipworm. This movie is a little different. It's not a traditional movie in any sense. It's closer to those old-timey radio dramas that your grandparents would listen to, but with 21st century audio equipment and editing. It's actually done really well, and the best part to me, anyways, was the ability to picture what the characters looked like instead of having casting directors choosing them for me. And you can really listen to it anywhere you can get podcasts. So I definitely highly recommend this. And I won't lie, I wouldn't mind seeing it as like a traditional movie, but then I don't want the picture I have of the characters tainted, but it's de- it's definitely worth a listen for sure. October 23rd, I ended up watching The Addams Family from 1991. This is yet another one that isn't necessarily scary in the traditional sense, but it's still a great film, a classic even. If you haven't seen the movie, you have to do yourself a favor and watch it. I promise you that you won't regret it. It's It's just great. October 24th, I watched Scream 2. It's definitely cornier than the first one, for sure, but it's still a fun watch, and I definitely highly recommend it, especially if you liked the first one. This is like another one where I am considering doing a whole entire episode on the Scream franchise, uh, Screams 1 through 7, 6. 
however many there are right now. But again, much like the Hell House episode that I may or may not do, I cannot guarantee that's going to be spoiler free. October 25th, The Disappearance of Willie Bingham. This is a short film about a man who murdered a woman. Instead of a quote-unquote typical punishment like life in prison or a death sentence, Willie is given a completely new one, amputation. Basically, the family gets to decide how much is amputated from Willie, and from there, who knows what happens. I did like this, but I would be interested in seeing this being turned into a longer film. It was initially 12-ish minutes, so even if they ended up adding only 15 minutes, I would be happy. I think it would be interesting to delve at least a little bit into the anxiety Willie must have felt, or even the numbness that seemed to come near the end. But overall, it was such a great concept and very well executed, despite only being 12 minutes long. October 26th, The Midnight Man. This movie is based on the creepypasta, The Midnight Game. It wasn't the worst creepypasta movie I've ever seen, but it also wasn't a great film either. I will say that Robert England was the best part of it. If he wasn't in The Midnight Man, it might have tipped into me just not liking it point blank, period. But again, that doesn't mean it's necessarily bad, but again, it just... If you didn't grow up in the era, like the height of creepypasta, you might not like it at all. Hell, it, who knows? It's It just isn't the worst creepypasta movie out there. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. October 27th, Urban Legends. This is a movie about how urban legends seem to be really happening. Yet again, Robert England was the best part of the movie. I don't want to say that it was bad, but at the same time, it wasn't great either. So if it wasn't for Mr. England, I don't know if I would have made it through. This movie was also clearly coming off the heels of Scream, so it felt like Urban Legends was trying to be that without being that. October 28th, I watched Idle Hands. So this one is definitely a horror comedy rather than being a straight horror it was filmed and released in the late 90s, and you can definitely tell. Because of that, it definitely has that nostalgic feel to it. So if you did not grow up in the 90s or early 2000s, you might not like it as much as someone who did, like myself. Although, if you think you can look past that, the story itself is actually not the worst I've ever seen. And I will say that the effects are pretty good, given the type of movie it is. October 29th, I watched Trick or Treat. It's been a few years since I've initially watched this, and when I say a few years, it's been like five or six, and I'm so happy that I watched it again. It's another classic in its own right. Sam, the trick-or-treating demon, is an icon and deserves the attention. It is so worth the watch, whether it's spooky time or not. On October 30th, I ended up watching The Collector. The thing that got me about this movie was the fact that it was more realistic compared to other disturbing movies for example human centipede was gross and disturbing seemingly for the sake of it and tusk was just outlandish and can be the collector on the other hand i can almost see happening when compared to those two and that's kind of what chilled me the most about it 
But because it's like on one of those, but because the collector could be found on one of those disturbing movie icebergs or even lists, you you kind of have to bear that in mind if you decide to watch this one if you haven't already. And finally, on Halloween, October 31st, I ended up watching the OG Halloween starring Jamie Lee Curtis. Of course, I had to watch this on the day because why wouldn't I? And I have to say that Jamie Lee Curtis truly paved the path for the present day Scream Queens. She walked so they could all run. Even if you don't watch it on October 31st, you're not doing yourself any favors if you don't watch it. So honestly, it's it really is a must watch. I will say though, the thing I like about the OG Halloween is that like it kind of gives you more of the aftermath of what happened with... Michael and then Rob and like that's what I like about that one like the OG and then Rob Zombies I like because you get more a little more of the backstory of Michael so I guess what I'm saying is moral of this (laughs) of October 31st is both Halloween the original and then Rob Zombies Halloween one both are great watches so yeah and then so with that, those are all 31 movies that I watched last month. If you want me to do a deep dive on any of these, or if there's like, I know some of the movies that I watched in October were part of franchises. I already mentioned that I might be doing episodes on Hell House LLC as well as Scream. But if there are any other franchises you want me to do a deep dive on, or even just movies in general you want me to take a deep dive on, let me know. Hit me up on social media. It'll all be in the show notes. Same with any future topic ideas. Let me know. Anyways, I will see you guys next week with another spooky episode. Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric acid. Yeah.